listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System, episode 270. If you enjoy the show, please consider going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribing to the 90s Deluxe level for just a couple bucks a month. You will get access to the bonus garbage time episode the companion episode of each and every episode of 90s and access to a mailbag if you ever want to ask us questions on this week's episode of garbage time we talk about brightburn sandman harley quinn hacks and more a lot of tv talk but on this the main episode the episode you're listening to right now we talk about ronda scientist chess drama between magnus carlson and hans neiman at the sinkfield cup corporate logos on hockey jerseys the queen died and maybe we should stop paying dues to the monarchy we talk about bog bodies anthony fantano versus drake and john watched its pack all this and more on 90s. Uh, while preparing for this episode, John has a whole bunch of things that he wants to talk about, but I want to share something real quick. So, I was looking up news articles. Keith, let me interrupt you. Oh. Preparing for this episode? That was not in the agenda. <laughs> no, but John's like, well, I mean, John prepared because he watched It's Pat. So, <laughs> but uh, it, I was like, okay, let, let's let's try to uh, look up like current events or whatever. And um, there were some current events that were going on. Ron DeSantis uh, shipped some people, a couple plane loads of people and just like flew them under like cover of darkness into Martha's Vineyard out of Texas, which I don't like, I'm, don't track, I'm tracking this whole story very weird. Like, how is the Florida governor shipping people out of texas it's insane but anyway so but the reason i think this... he's looking to own the libtards oh I, am, I, am i wrong is so that, the, that... the the what where where this storyline popped up into my feed though was uh, closing the train was that ron DeSantis is playing chess where democrats are playing checkers right because i was actually googling like the chess drama <laughs> and Ron DeSantis drama like snuck in, and then I was like, okay, I'll watch this Fox News think piece on Ron DeSantis, master strategist of just flying illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. I, I thought it has backfired spectacularly. They like fed all those, oh, those yeah, immigrants, just, and they like took care of them. They, and they, they, now he's being brought up on kidnapping. He was over. He brought illegal immigrants over a state border, and that's yeah. apparently a federal offense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. it's insane. But obviously, Fox News is 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 defending the take. But so I was like, okay, I'm gonna like watch the Fox News think piece to be like, what is is there a spin on this or whatever? I'm gonna try to do it. And like within two minutes of watching the Fox News think piece, yeah. <laughs> they allege. That in the first two years of the presidency alone, more okay. than four million immigrants have come into America, and I was like, that, that, "Actually, actually, they specifically say more than four million people have crossed the border." And I was like, "Are they talking about tourists? Because that number seems wildly high." And the real number is about four hundred thousand, maybe a year tops, okay. like like tippy top, <laughs> not, not four million. Because I was like, "That's too That's many." Yeah, yeah. I was like, you you can't like be bringing in small cities worth of people. Or, like, not small cities, like, big cities worth of people in two years. I was like, the, the infrastructure would be, like, collapsing even worse. Not saying it's not. Yeah. But I was just like, I was like, oh, man. I was like, and then I realized that they might be misquoting, like, tourism stats. <laughs> Where it's like, four million people have crossed the border. Like, Canadians coming back and forth. Like... You know? I mean, or they're going to issue a retraction three months from now on one page of their website that nobody's ever going to see. And I, am, I was thinking about that. Like, yeah. Apparently it's not even three months from now. Apparently they do it every hour. 
Like, they have, really? like, om- omissions and corrections, like, all the time. But, like, again, not, not in the main story. Like, yeah. they'll either, they'll do it, like, they'll do it yesterday's, oh, here are the omissions and corrections from yesterday's news thing or whatever, and it's like, has, like, the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, a spinning reel too fast to yeah, exactly. do anything. Which yeah. I was like, oh, man, and I was like, that's got to be marching orders, too, is the worst part. It's just like, just say whatever, and... Well, then we then we'll do our, our due diligence by correcting it later. But everybody already has seen the clip or whatever. I was like, yeah, we'll just go around. Anyway, yeah, it, it's an, that's it's insane. It's crazy. I like uh, to think the corrections are showing up like they would in the end of the '90s X Men cartoon, just like off to the side as this bad CG of all the characters spins around, <laughs> just <laughs> scrolling. Of, and you're like squinting, looking at the bottom corner as like an eight-bit gambit. I I also found it really funny that I think it was like YTV, I think, did that a lot, right? (laughs) Like, for some strange reason, I had it where it's like YTV would like smush the credits into like a quarter of the screen while they were showing something else, and those credits were like on fast forward. You're yeah. sort of like everybody who worked on this show got their got their dues, (laughs) just like. At a quarter of your not HD screen jammed in the corner on fast forward, and you're like, perfect. Credits. I mean, uh, in the modern era, Netflix just doesn't show them anyway. Have you ever tried to watch credits in Netflix? Can't do you it. Like, well, you have to like go over and like you have to say like, oh, watch credits. Otherwise, it like tries to just get rid of them. Oh, I didn't know there was a button. The last time I tried to, it just it was just always cut to something else. Yeah, yeah no, no. If you there, there's like something. Something highlights or whatever on the bottom. I mean, maybe depending on the browser or whatever you, service you're watching. You have to be right. careful because otherwise you get eight minutes of credits. Because it's yeah. the regular credits and then Every Spanish language. credits yeah. and yeah. The Polish credits. Like, yeah, Disney, and Disney Plus, like, somehow hasn't worked out a way to calculate the runtime of an episode minus the credits. So you're like, oh, man, this episode's 40 minutes. You're like, no, 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 it's 30 like, that's just ten minutes of foreign language credits after the episode that you're about to watch. <laughs> like, just deduct that from the runtime, and you'll have a more accurate idea of what you're gonna what you're gonna be watching. So anyway, yeah. So I don't think I don't think just shipping people on a plane up to Martha's Vineyard is playing chess while their opponents are playing checkers. However, human trafficking, uh, shoving anal beads up your butt that okay. can vibrate remotely okay. while you're playing chess. Oh. Are you now playing? chess while your opponent's playing chess. The thing about the anal beads is it was one person on Twitter who was like, haha, I bet Neiman put anal beads in and that's how he got the, the messages in. It was, it was, and uh, it's our, our, our anarchy chess, I want to say, is the... Like, it's, it's the the subreddit that started it. Like The anal beads thing? Yeah, was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's yeah, totally it. on brand. I check out anarchy chess all the time. It's fucking great. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, internet, inter- yeah, internet sleuths have pointed at our anarchy chess as the like origin of this. That's what is now being reported as possible news. Yeah. So this was like two weeks ago at something called the Sankfield Cup, which is mm-hmm. like a, an invitational for grandmasters in I think it's Philadelphia, one of the mm-hmm. one of them American cities, smaller ones, and um, it's the the top ranked chess player in the world the darling golden boy of the chess world marcus not marcus um something magnuson no magnus carlson magnus carlson yeah so he if we if you haven't heard of him or ever ever checked out any of his streams or whatever dude is awesome he's like really good on the mic he he plays insanely aggressive intelligent chess he is probably the greatest chess player of all time like 
way better than the guys in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, he will get drunk on champagne in a hot tub and smash people on chess.com while trash talking them on on the mic. Like, dude is just super fun, and he's he's, he's like, young too. He's like thirty one, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's a... So he gets invited. He has he's on a fifty three game winning streak when he goes to the Sankfield Cup. Everybody's mm -hmm. expecting him to win it because, of course, he is. He has a goal of getting to I think two thousand nine hundred Elo in the chess ratings, which is would make him definitively the greatest player of all time, although he probably could already win that title. Who's he playing against? Hans Niemann, who is a 19-year-old, freshly minted grandmaster, who is really kind of a squirrely weird dude. And um, Wait, he, a yeah. chess player being a squirrely weird dude? Yeah, this actually gets into the, into the story, right? He, uh, so I'm, I'm going to get there, but, but Hans <laughs> actually says that about himself. He's like... Why are you expecting me to be able to explain myself well? I'm a 19-year-old who plays chess 14 hours a day. Like I, I don't know how to I don't know how to deliver good speeches. What are you What are you fucking doing? <laughs> anyway, so what happens? He plays a game against Hans against Carlson, and he beats Carlson. He beats him. Not only does he break the 53-game streak, but he plays from the black side. Hans mm -hmm. plays from the white side. Sorry, Magnus plays from the white side. And typically you say white side has, a, has an advantage. So this is like extra hard to lose. In fact, Carlsen hasn't lost a black side match against somebody under rank 2700. He mm -hmm. 2700 in 11 years or seven years or something. So this is like way the fuck out of the ordinary for Carlsen. So he gets yeah. up from the board, walks, walks away. And the next day he makes a tweet, tweet saying, I'm officially withdrawing from the Sankfield Cup. Um, and then he put, puts a little video that is a meme of a guy saying, I don't want to, I don't want to say what I'm thinking. I'll get in trouble if I say what I'm thinking. And in the circumstances of that meme clip, uh, the guy, the guy was playing against a guy who was caught cheating, mm -hmm. not, not in chess, in some other sport. Yeah. It was a football, um, a okay. soccer coach who was accusing the other team of, of cheating, cheating without saying it because he didn't want to get fined. Exactly. So, so Carlson was kind of doing that, and the chess world kaboom explodes with all of this. And it turns out there's like, if you're a chess grandmaster, Wait, and John, yeah, hang on. when yeah. you say kaboom explodes with all of this, my favorite part is that it still takes two weeks for that to hit in mainstream media. Yes, I mean, Very like, I was just gonna get into that. Like, it's it's chess, you know. There's not that many people who are like gonna stay on top of the chess scene, and like. The kabooming is like there's a there's a bunch of grandmasters who have YouTube channels where they like review games and they talk shit about other chess players and stuff. There's, there's kind of like a little online chess community, and this is just like fuel for all of those guys to start start you know giving hot takes and weighing in on everything. So the story gets a little bigger, right? First, um, Neiman gets interviewed and he gives this long thirty minute interview where he they they walk through the game and he just like explains what he's thinking at every point and it sounds pretty good it sounded pretty good to me chess grandmasters a couple of them said you know he doesn't really sound like he's explaining those lines properly line okay here we go chess mm -hmm. chess lingo when you say a line it's like a series of moves and yeah. they talk about it because you know you get into a circumstance a lot of chess circumstances have been played before in pro matches yeah. so like you can memorize okay the next 10 moves if you do that it's going to go to this so as, as we've seen in popular television show the queen's gambit like, yeah. When they, they they'll just like they they refer to like a string of moves. They're like, oh, blah 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 blah, and then they're like, you just know you know that entire portion of the game by saying one piece. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
So so Neiman runs through that, and he and at the end of the interview is where he says like I'm I'm being criticized for how I'm explaining myself. Like just screw off. I'm a I'm, I'm whatever. It later comes out that Neiman has been banned from Chess.com. Chess.com being like kind of the consolidated. It beat a bunch of other chess websites and is like now the main the main source of chess on the internet. Mm-hmm. So. Hans had been banned from chess.com for six months for getting caught cheating in the past. And when approached about this, Hans says, look, I was 12. I did it twice. I was 12 and I was 16 and Mm -hmm. I got caught cheating and I was dumb and I was stupid and it was online. I've never cheated in an an over-the-board game. I will never cheat. Again, I was dumb and a kid and I made a stupid mistake. And I I paid for it by being banned from chess.com for a while. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. All of a sudden, things are kind of like looking a little a little safer for Neiman. And then this guy, another grandmaster, gives a big long thing where he's like, look, um, Magnus is making millions and millions of dollars a year off of sponsorships from Chess.com. Oh, oh in the middle of this, Chess.com bans Neiman again permanently. Mm-hmm. And this guy come, puts this huge video going like, look, Carlson, uh, he makes a lot of money from Chess.com. And Chess.com just went and banned this guy like right out the gate, you know, this is a little strange. And then I watched an interview with with um, Carlson in his native Dutch. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dutch. It might be um, it might be another one of them northern northern countries. Mm-hmm. Um, where he this is from like three years ago. Where he's saying like, look, I've been in this hyper competitive environment for the last ten years. I'm losing my fucking mind. I don't know if I can keep playing chess. It's like and, and he's like talking about being burned out. So. Is is it just Mar- Magnus overreacted a little bit? It's kind of looking more and more like that, and you're kind of wondering, like, is this guy going to get any consequences? This kid is getting raked over the coals, ripped apart in all these different places. Have you heard about the mo- the most recent event that happened at time of recording today, September nineteenth? They played again at another tournament. Well, they were and... playing. They played again today at a virtual tournament, okay. and Carlson left after the second move, just quit without saying anything. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I so did not it, hear that. Yeah, it was Na- Naaman moved first as white, Carlson moved as black, Naaman moved as white, and then uh, Carlson just quit. So they're like, there's no explanation, and the online hosts were left stuttering as Carlson's cam footage disappeared from the stream, and then followed by Naaman's. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, see you later. Like, what the fuck is going and like, on? And they're like, there's no, even every, and obviously everybody's saying there, there's no way. That it would be like, oh, like Carlson knew he was cheating again. You're like, it's an opening. Yeah. Like, like th- there's nothing in an opening that could even possibly be construed as cheating. It's impossible. Wow. In two, two moves to decide. Oh, this kid's cheating. What or something. is going on? So yeah. I, I, I later watched the game that that uh, Carlson originally freaked out over. Um, with with analysis from a grandmaster talking about all the moves and, and like what was happening, where the really critical points of decision making were, and then like talking, okay, he took ten minutes to make this move. Like he was thinking about every single possible corner. Yeah. I mean, or or getting secret signals transmitted through his anal well. beads. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Wait, just is there a rule in over the board chess tournaments that you can't have regular vibrating anal beads? Because I would hate for that to be the consequence. Like, I mean, who... he's, been, he's been sitting there buzzing. If you like, can't play grandmaster it. level chess with the vibrating anal beads in there, I mean, what is even the point? <laughs> I mean, like, fair he's, question. He's just got it synced up on the Bluetooth to to buzz to like, you know, Daft Punk. Right. And everyone's jumping all over this, saying that like that's where the hack comes in. 
The security at the Sainfield Cup went and instituted a 15-minute delay in the live games that are being played after this after this event. Instituted a 15-minute delay and started using RF scanners on all the players who came in, and Neiman immediately threw three games. What? Oh, man, the new season of Queen's Gambit is going to be crazy. That's what... <laughs> I was going to say, like... Where do the young bucks and CM Punk figure in? <laughs> Seriously, They're like, oh, there's all this drama going on in pro wrestling, and Chess is like, whoa, hang on, <laughs> hold, hold my goblet. You don't, you don't, you don't have the, the you don't have the monopoly on insane drama, professional yeah. wrestling. Look what Chess Master is going to do. Yeah, the, the 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 gif at the end of the article that I was just taking a look at this, they were just sort of like uh, it was like Carlson Neiman too, like recapped, and it was just like a gif is like a guy just like moves a pawn up, and then a cat just like swats the board <laughs> completely off the way. Uh, That's yeah. crazy. I didn't I didn't hear that about today. Um, mm-hmm. oh, man, they're gonna. They're, I bet you their YouTube videos. People people flipping themselves out right now. I can't. I even the, like apparently the host just tried to like vamp for a couple minutes because obviously it was like probably one of the most like watched, watched three matches for sure. Because yeah, and even like Neiman was just sort of uh, not Neiman. But one of the hosts was just sort of like I, we were really excited that this was gonna happen because like if there could just be a, a full game between these two without drama. It would at least be like back to being about chess and not about like cheating or whatever and, and blah 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 blah. So yeah, who knows? So yeah, and I guess like the, the the criticism against Neiman is that like his ranking has like shot up tremendously quickly, which is I don't think unheard of, but is like puts him into like hardcore prodigy sector, right? It, like it, put, it puts him into the trajectory that will make him far and away the greatest chess player of all time. Not yeah. only is he ranked 2,700, he made 2,700 off of the win against Carlson. Yeah. 2,700 is like super grandmaster territory mm-hmm. and he's 19. You know, it's it's very weird. I mean, sure, he's young and he's coming into his like full power if, if his full power is chess related, you know? So it does make sense if, if that's what his destiny was, you know, that this would be how it goes. But it's fair for people to say super unlikely, and also he has cheated in the past, and all, you know. But nobody knows. And he ain't saying, and Carlson is not is not saying what his reasoning was or what his evidence was. He's just, like, letting it hang. And Carlson could very well be fading under the pressure, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it very easily could go either way. Have you heard about, I guess, uh, lo- local chess news? No. Is local chess news. Remember, I was just Googling chess. That's how I ended on the Ron DeSantis thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, local chess news. Uh, Quebec uh, just had the first ever World Junior Chess Champion. Like, So the first World Junior Chess Champion coming from Quebec, Sean uh, Rodrigue Lemieux. Uh, 18 years old and just two wins away from becoming a Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Just uh, one. This is the first time. It's the, he's only the second Canadian to win the tournament and the first ever Quebecer to win the mm-hmm. tournament. So hey, we have a local chess star coming up, which is I guess exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, first overall pick for the chess the Habs, the chess hockey team. Mm-hmm. Chess Brought hockey. You by RBC. it's so gross the outcry so they're deciding to put logos on the jerseys for the hockey teams ew and there's gonna be a little RBC RBC logo on the left side I think no right side on the right side on the right side yeah because your letters go on the left no no on the left side letters are on the right so like hockey players are gonna look like shitty sports cars now the captaincy is over the heart the right side is the 
the super trashy RBC. Where does the C go on the jersey? <laughs> you can look at the picture and then invert it because you're staring at someone face to face. The you can C. Picture it in your mind, Keith. The C goes over the heart. Captain should wear a lettering. Actually, the official rule is that it should be in a conspicuous position on the front of the jersey. Yeah, so maybe so there was like some freedom to be had. But but yeah, no, I'm looking at right now. The Detroit Red Wings have it on the right. But we're not but... talking about the Red Wings. Nick <laughs> Suzuki C is over the left side. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so they have a stupid RBC logo that they're putting on, which is the worst. It's a different yeah. blue, and it's gold. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it on the helmets. And but I was like, and I, and obviously you knew that as soon as the helmets opened the door for like advertising on the gear in hockey that like it was coming on the jerseys. Mm-hmm. But ugh, it's so I hate it. It just it's so ugly. You have these iconic jerseys. Even you know you know who to bl- who's to blame for this? Ron DeSantis. Uh, I was actually yes. So, I was going to blame the Tampa Bay Lightning for the second that they started skating out, like, playing games with a jersey that instead of saying Tampa Bay or the Lightning, it just said, Bolts! They were like, anything goes on jerseys now. We don't even care. Like, your logo's not there, your name's not there, your city's not there, just your dumb nickname is there. You're playing a professional sports team with Bolts. You've disrespected the jersey, Florida. Now all bets are off and there's logos. I think it's a straight line from Tampa Bay skating out wearing Bolts on their jerseys, which is not their name. <laughs> and just now, now we have logos on it. It's the, it's going to be so stupid. It's actually LeBron James's fault. Why? Because everything the NBA does, the NHL will do two years later. Except for have a sports team in Seattle and Vegas. I mean, yeah, but they have one in Oklahoma City. So. Like, wait, yeah, you know, noted noted hockey fan base, Oklahoma. Hey, we know that a city doesn't need to have a hockey fan base to have an NHL franchise. Yeah. But get you, Arizona. <laughs> they barely have a hockey franchise. <laughs> we must we we must have talked about this, uh, John, that the Arizona Coyotes bungled their. Oh, ha- having an arena situation so badly that at a certain point, I think we maybe talked about it like last year, they they weren't paying rent on their arena and like the owners like changed the locks and for a little while they couldn't get in to the arena that they played at. And now while they're, while they're freeing up money or whatever, they finally managed to free up money to build a new arena for themselves. Uh, it won't be ready this season. So a professional NHL team will be sharing the ice with like a college hockey team in Arizona. Oh with like a capacity of like ten thousand, would be like nope. if the Montreal no, Canadiens. No no. no, 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 like three thousand. Three thousand. They're gonna build it up to five thousand. Yeah, it would be and like if the, if the Montreal Canadiens had to play in the Verdun Auditorium for a season. That's so fucking just sad. Three seasons. Three One. seasons. <laughs> Two. Arizona State University is not giving the NHL team priority. So all of the Friday and Saturday night games that they want, the university gets first pick. <laughs> so like they don't they don't have a Saturday home game until January or something. Like it's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and obviously you know nobody wants to play there. <laughs> like it, would, uh, it was even like question like what what kind of locker room facilities they were gonna get and like whatever else. Like you're like oh man. Can you imagine you're a professional hockey player playing, like, and you're like, what the hell did I do? 
until the upgrades are finished, the visiting team has to bus in because their locker room's not on site. Yeah. Wow. Like they have to go across campus. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to, like suit 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 up and and ride little shuttles. Yeah. And it's Arizona, so it's probably golf carts. It's also probably hot. Yes. Dude, you're gonna get sweaty and gross, and you. I mean, heck, that might get Arizona some wins. Like, <laughs> if the visiting teams all like sweaty and gross from Arizona heat, having to get into a shuttle in full hockey gear, and then jump onto the frozen air conditioned ice. Yeah, everyone everyone catch, gets catches cold. <laughs> everyone gets asthma. Uh, that was stupid. But anyway, so all that to say, uh, corporate logos on hockey jerseys. So there's now an. Ugly ass RBC logo. I think, and once and once again, because we're knockoffs, not stupid freaking NHL, not like doing NBA, but knockoff, right? The NBA made the rule where the logo has to be color matched to the jersey, mm-hmm. right? So you end up with like weird, like if State Farm or whatever, even though their logo is blue, if they're sponsoring like a team with like you know like the Lakers, it would it'll be purple and yellow, you know, like it'll like they have to modified they can have their logo but it's got to be modified to fit team colors the nhl don't have that rule so it's just like the regular ass logo on it even if like scott said it's not the same blue as the hats the rbc logo is not the same blue so it's a, it's not the same blue that the striping has on the side like otherwise maybe like it would maybe it wouldn't look so bad like there's no gold in the habs logo like if it was habs blue and then like white logo you'd be like okay at least that like you've matched it to the design of the team <laughs> Did you see that guy on Reddit who photoshopped the RBC logo onto all the classic photos? No. Oh. There's a picture of Jean Beliveau with it. It just, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. It looked so bad. Yeah, I guess, I guess the argument is obviously that, like, the, like, Champions League and uh, and Premier League have been doing it forever, right? Yeah, and then it looks so bad then, too. Yeah, I know, but that, but that, just like we accept that now, right? Like you're like, oh yeah, like the bar, like like, bar, like the Barcelona UNICEF jersey is the like iconic Barca jersey because that was where they won like all their championships and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Footy fans I, I mean, I just like I just like it on a soccer kit, also. Like, but there's gonna be there's gonna be some company that's gonna do something horrible. Like, just picture Wayne Gretzky wearing an Exxon. <laughs> yeah. Jersey holding the cup up, and you're just like, "Oh, wait a minute! They destroyed the world." You know, that's fucking horrible. And do you know how much, John? Do you know how much money they're paying to put this logo on the Canadiens jersey for the whole season? Six how million dollars. Six million dollars. That's not even enough to cover Brendan Gallagher's salary. It's not some <laughs> like massive amount of like ungodly. Cash. I mean, it's still six million fucking dollars. What's the, what's the cap for the whole team? Ninety, hundred, hundred and something. The team is worth one point five billion dollars. No, no, no. But the salary cap for a season, sixty something, eighty, something. Yeah, you're that's not. A, you're... That's a good chunk of your yearly salary expenditure. Again, yeah, but like, how you know how much money they make at like a single home game? Like two I mean, million okay. dollars. Just yeah, like tickets. That's not including beer sale. Yeah, exactly. If you count beer and merch sale of a single hockey game, I'm sure, I'm sure it's got to be three, four million a game that they make in a single game. Like, <laughs> so fucking messed up. <laughs> they, they, like, yeah, the number at least should have been much higher. 
if they're gonna like you're you're now gonna be on the jersey that people buy and it's constant. Wait, ad. wait, wait! It goes on the jerseys that people buy. Yeah, yeah. So you want? So now you're fucking. Oh, oh like, that's so much more dirty. Yeah, I know. If you buy a jersey from the Habs, it's like the now, official. Now you're official advertising one. RBC. Now you have the RBC logo. Yeah. Ugh. It's friggin' weird. And it's forever. Those sports highlights don't go away. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like that. You have you have evergreen advertising content, right? Like you want to show like Nick Suzuki's first goal as a Habs captain. It's always going to be with an RBC logo on it. Like anytime they go to those highlight reels. It, it, okay, that that does make it sound like it got they got off hella cheap even uh-huh. more. <clears throat> right, like those those Tim Thompson Hockey Night in Canada videos, where they play Rush and they show the Canadians and the Bruins playing over and over again in the playoffs. Now it's going to be just, just ads there plastered yep. on it. It's, just, it's, it's, it's shitty. Guys, I have more drama. No, there, oh, I, hang on. There was, something, there was something about this advertising, something, something. I had a segue for the Queen. Damn it. Oh yeah, money, 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 money. So John and I were talking about this. Oh, first of all, the the, the best best take I saw it was the Queen's funeral today on September nineteenth. Uh, Pat, uh, like BGP Pat, yeah, was was just sort of like just finished watching spoilers for season six of The Crown. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's great. Season six, probably like season thirty seven. Think how long they could drag that shit out. I don't know. They're already like. The most recent season's already in the 80s and 90s, though. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do, like, time skips. Like, I, And I feel that, like, their, their time skips are going to be bigger. Cause, like, they, the most recent season was just Diana, and I was like, I don't think anything, like, real interesting happens until later. Like, I don't think they've even announced a lit in the next season, because I don't think oh. there's any, like... They knocked her off for getting with a brown guy, right? That, that's what happened? That, that, that's the conspiracy theory, for okay. sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, yeah. So, we, we talked about, like, what... So first of all, I was looking what we would need to do to uh, extradite ourselves from the monarchy completely, from yeah. Canada. Uh, and I was reading this article about, like, constitutional, like, historians and stuff like that say that Canada would probably be incapable of doing it because the way the Constitution is uh, worded that it would have to have unanimous support from the House of Commons, the Senate, and the provincial representation of all ten provinces. So they're like that level of support is like pretty much unprecedented just politically to like to get out of it constitutionally. I mean that might be the rules, but I feel like if can if Canadians made a big fuss about it, and well, and that and that's that what became, they yeah. exactly. Well, that that was the article was that they were saying is that there's like fifty percent of Canadians think that we should, yeah. But you're like that's not enough for unanimous support, and you're like especially in a world of like polarized politics that we have right now. Yeah. Right. So that was like like their 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 analysis, like their legal analysis, is they were like it just would not fly, <laughs> like like period, like it would just like it would be too hard legally to pass it unless like Canadians <clears throat> overwhelmingly supported it that it would easily become a bipartisan issue or whatever and like and again just to have House of Commons, Senate, and all ten provinces, it's got to be unanimous across the board. That's crazy. Yeah. I so didn't it's like that. yeah, certain certain areas, uh, like I think like Barbados. Just Parliament could just do it. Like they, they, they were the most recent ones who who pulled out of the Commonwealth. So it's like yeah. it depends on how the Constitution is written. And even like the constitutional historian lawyer types who were like, like who were being interviewed in the article, they were like, it also gets really really tricky because you're like, as, once you open the book on the Constitution, 
in Canada. <laughs> you're like, you're like they're, they're, once you change something, people are going to want to change other things and whatever else. And they were like, and there's a, it, they're like, it's it's a pretty good one in terms of like ethics and whatever, like in terms of how, how most of it's written. So you're like, there, there's been, not to say without fault, but they're like, when, when you open that book and then all of a sudden Quebec wants to be like, hey, I would like some stuff in there for me now that the book's I, open. I don't know that that's true. It was most, it wasn't mostly rewritten, but it was, there were major changes made in 82, right? Yeah. And, and that yeah. was, that was, that like there, everything was talking about 82, which was what yeah. they were going in. And that was like, and the, when that was how a lot of the stuff, I think when the major changes went in, it got harder to change anything after 82. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. 86 was a nightmare and 92? 91? Meach Lake was 91? Yeah. Didn't that not work? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you can't touch the Constitution in Canada because everyone starts screaming and fighting. Yeah, right? that's it. Uh, yeah. Quebec provisions and, and the Maritimes and Alberta lost their minds and yeah, it was like 15 years of insanity and it ended up in the referendum of 95. Like, mm-hmm. just, just don't do it. Leave it alone. <laughs> you leave the Constitution alone. And then I was like, so what is the cost of, so it was unclear as to what the cost was, as to whether it was maintaining membership in the Commonwealth. Because so this is kind of interesting. So Canada pays more money into the Commonwealth than any other country besides England itself. Really? But what's really interesting is that that money is actually going into like significantly less uh, fortunate countries in the Commonwealth. So there's like it's like a weird like humanitarian thing that like like education services and stuff that are going in which is crazy like you're like oh the commonwealth is like helping was helping build schools in barbados or whatever and you're like oh weird and i was like i don't think that's how that money should be chosen to be spent but weirdly a lot of that money does seem to be going like the commonwealth cash seems to be going to like lesser fortunate countries of the commonwealth through this weird channel which i was like like right result but wrong reason yeah yeah exactly it's like right you're like i was like kind of the wrong reason to be like oh we're helping you because you're a member of the commonwealth i'm like you should just be helping the less fortunate country like it shouldn't be because you're part of a special club but if the country's getting help eh, you know like it's still probably could use it uh so yeah i was trying to figure if this was the cost of money in the commonwealth or the cost of money that went to the monarchy but apparently to maintain our membership in the Commonwealth, it's only like $60 million fiscally every year or whatever. So I was like, that's not an insane expenditure. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, federal budgets and stuff, that's... Uh, like I said, is, is, do we get anything out of it? I don't... Uh, that was what I was trying to be. Like, what do, what's the upside of it other than, I guess, you know, like... Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what the perks of the Commonwealth were for us as, as one of the countries that pays into it the most. Like, embassies. Yeah. Embassies. Embassies. I guess, yeah, that's a big deal. Our, Is our it? Canadian passport will grant us access to any British embassy in a country that doesn't have a Canadian embassy. And huh. there are a lot of them. I'll bet. And whereas, like, British embassies are probably everywhere. That's not a bad call. If you're, like, it's yeah. $60 million a year... To make sure that a Canadian can seek legal asylum in basically every country. Hmm. That is that is not an inconsequential perk. That's 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 the one that I can know off the dome, and that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. If you're like in a place that does not have a Canadian embassy, your Canadian passport gets you into the British embassy. When I went to Tanzania, I made myself a you're fucked um, baggie that had the numbers of all the embassies in the in the neighboring countries. And, and, and I had British embassies on there. Very interesting. 
So yeah, I was like, man, if, if that is like the only perk and the cost is only sixty million dollars, that's not nothing. I don't know. That's that. That's a pretty big perk, dude. Like like having the ability as a Canadian traveler to basically be assured. I, I get it. I get it. I, yeah. I just. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think about because that's what I'm saying. Is what's the downside, right? Like that was the argument. Like when I was trying to like do the research here, I was like, what's the downside that we're that we are still weirdly tied into the. Like, into the monarchy. And it would just be if the governor general lost his mind. But they were like, if ever, like, that was kind of the thing, was like, if ever the governor general did anything, well, that would be the trigger to open up the Constitution and get him out. Right? Yeah. Like, like that's what they were saying, is it would be, like, immediate if the governor general actually tried to, like, use any of the powers of, like, that the governor general, like, has. I mean, unless it was a prime minister doing something really shifty and... Like we have, we have majority governments elected with thirty five percent of the vote. It's ent- entirely possible that you could have sixty percent of Canadians fucking hate what the prime minister does, yeah. and then and then all of a sudden the governor general looks like a hero. Well, but does he look Maybe. like a hero? But Maybe. it's 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 still not an elected official making that call. Like even yeah. if it's the right call, you know what I mean? Like that that gets one. that gets real dicey because you're gonna have the parliament like lose its mind. Even if the people, even if he's doing what the people want. The elected officials are going to, like I said, then they're going to crack that. It'll be complicated. But mm-hmm. anyway, should mm-hmm. we stop paying dues to the monarchy? I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the UK is a nuclear power that are intrinsically tied to us as a military ally. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the worst thing, not to be completely reliant on the Americans. Yeah, having having like other, other nuke buddies. Ah! We get in, in nuclear-level troubles with the United States of America. We're going to have bigger problems than whether or not Britain is our ally. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Like, you know. They ain't going to do shit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's nice to have, like, a not completely volatile government just being like, hmm, maybe don't invade the North for oil and plutonium and stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I would say, yeah, exactly. When you have a president go on the news and be like, maybe we can just buy Greenland. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, look back at the last 60 years and then imagine, just just like consider, the prime minister wakes up, he gets a letter on his desk, and it's like, dear Mr. Prime Minister, cordial greetings from the president of the United States of America. You're going to do whatever we say or we're going to own you. Kindest regards, president of the USA. Like if that had happened, do you, and, and then like in the instructions, you keep it on the down low. We, you're gonna you're gonna agree to, with us on all of our trade demands, which kind of happened when Cynthia Freeland went went down there. Mm-hmm. And you know, as a we get to have a high standard of living and not be dominated by the Americans in exchange. Did that happen? Maybe fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, I just I, I was really trying to look for compelling. Compelling reasons that we would would want to withdraw from our relationship with England versus like for and against, and I don't know. It's... Yeah, w- without like an incredibly compelling one, and there's it's just such a pain in the ass. I I, I kind of see it never happening. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And like I said, in the there there are a couple upsides. So that's what I'm saying. And like then the, I don't know what the downsides would be. So who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's take a break. take a pause. Yeah. Guess the most important question here, though, is John. Will you request a portrait of King Charles III? 
Uh, I don't see why not. As a citizen of the Commonwealth, I'm entitled to one. <laughs> and the size I would like is the biggest, please. <laughs> please give me the biggest portrait of King Charles III <laughs> as possible. I also did the, the, to close off the, the Queen stuff, because I don't think we have a tremendous amount to say on that. Uh, did yeah. you hear about uh, Beckham? What a guy. Who? David Beckham is a... He's the, uh, he's the footy guy, right? He's the, 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 the... He bends it. He bends the ball through the air. Huh. And then those who also bend it, bend, bend it like him. Huh. Uh, he, it was kind of cute. He legitimately, he was like, my family was like, they were like real royalists. They were like the, like, like stand at attention whenever the national anthem is played. Like even when there's television and he's like, this is what like my family was about. And even though one of the MPs like formally like extended an invitation to him at the, the funeral procession, he was like, I don't think my family would like want that for me so he like legit waited 13 hours in line to like pay his respects at the funeral and i was like that's it's kind of nice to not just like abuse your station as like the biggest footballer of the country's like most not the biggest most famous footballer of the country for sure like he's like the he's the wayne gretzky of english football i would say sure like i don't know anything about football i'm not gonna international recognition people who have no like i'm not saying he's the greatest yeah. Wait, yes, maybe Wayne Gretzky is a bad example, but like, but like, recognizable. Because like Gretzky is the greatest and most recognizable. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's it. But like, absolutely the most recognizable English footballer. He's, he's, he's like the Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, Shaq is a good one. Yeah. Not not the greatest. Like, absolutely perennial all star. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All time. Yeah. But not really in a conversation as great as the playing the game. So. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's what I was saying. But as, as an English footballer, I was like, man, I was like, all the other really good ones are not English. That was my like. I was like, hang on. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of cute. All that to say. Also, I found out what a black rod is. It's a position. What? So they they try to do like. No way! I know this one. You use it to cheat at chess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So they were trying to do one of those, like, like little man-on-the-street interviews uh, with, uh, like, just, like, the people waiting in line. And it turns out that one of the guys was a the, a former Black Rod. And I was like, what? So Black Rod has a special little uniform, and his job is to, like, bang on the doors of Parliament when the Queen gets there. <laughs> so it's like, like, oh, shit, Mom's coming. Like, that's, like, his, his, his job is to, like, it's, it's not a frequently used role because she typically doesn't like go there uh-huh. but like if she does there's a guy whose job is to like bang on the door and announce her presence and he just That's amazing. he just stands there all day and does nothing and he's like yeah he's like I I performed my duties like twice but like they thought they were just interviewing a man in the street and he was like oh yeah I used to sit there all the time and that was my job just sitting there in case the queen arrives and the position is the black rod <laughs> and also oh yeah the other thing too the la- last last thing was that the ceremony ends the the funeral ends with what with what what is it called how does the funeral end the procession some hogwarts shit it is the breaking of the wand get out real you can google breaking of the wand it's her scepter they uh they 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 snap her scepter and bury her with it that's how that's what you do when a monarch dies huh you, uh, you, you're, they, they snap the scepter of the previous uh, monarch and and then bury them with it. I saw a cool Reddit post where they found a man's torso in a bog, 
Neat. And it had been uh, It was the queen. Because it was bog bodies, okay? Uh-huh. And they found that the nipples of the tor- is just a, no head and nothing below the waist. So the nipples... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just, just pause real quick. Why are you interrupting me? No, because, wait, when you said, you just, you casually said it was bog bodies. Is bog bodies the subreddit that you were like, and are you sub to it? <laughs> no. I think it was archaeology. <laughs> okay. Because you're like, I was like on Reddit. And it was like a bog, but you know, bog bodies. And I was like, is, are we sub to our bog bodies? <laughs> Okay. So, Carry on. the royal connection is that they had cut off the nipples of this torso, <clears throat> and it, it is there's like legendary among Celtic tribes was that as an as an as a display of fealty when you would arrive at a like meet a monarch you would have to kiss its nipples. Mm-hmm. That's like a thing in in the history of Celtic tribes. So so, so they believe they, that like you you'd remove that from a like a usurped king or whatever right or it was like somebody who tried to take the throne and failed or some mm-hmm. whatever and they got dis- dismembered and tossed in the bog mm-hmm. either uh-huh. usurped or usurper potentially but 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 probably a, a tie to a tie to celtic royalty is what you're yeah. saying yeah. interesting That's our bog bodies it. subscribe yeah. today is it a thing i don't know <laughs> no they, they showed that at the end of Braveheart, didn't they they just got mel gibson and Cut off his nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Yelled freedom really loud. Right, that's what happens. Something like that. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Braveheart in a while, so I'm not, I can't really recall if that was the ending. Yeah. Uh, turning it now to senior uh, hip hop correspondent John, I want to say. Is this right? <laughs> this is this like. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. I actually listened to about seven seconds of a Drake song while. Uh, researching this so here we go (laughs) so anthony fantano the the internet's busiest music nerd is a youtube star probably the most popular music reviewer on youtube and um he he makes little videos where he reviews albums and i like has been doing it for like fucking 10 years even more he's like been around a long ass time Mm -hmm. he um fucking hates drake Mm-hmm. Or, or at least doesn't like Drake a lot and, and reviews his albums and makes fun of Drake. And if you want a good chuckle, dear listener, I highly recommend that, like going to YouTube and searching up Anthony Fantano shits on Drake for 20 minutes straight. Somebody's made like a, like a cut from all of Anthony's reviews where he's just like saying the worst stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking funny. 20 minutes of, of quality laughing. And it's fun even if you don't know Drake mm-hmm. as, as it was when I got there. So a couple weeks ago, last week, Anthony uh, makes a post on, on his uh, YouTube channel where he's like, hey, guys, would you believe that yesterday night in the middle of the night I got a text from Drake? Or I got, uh, Drake slipped into my DMs. Mm-hmm. On, on Instagram, I got a message from Drake. And um, first, and I'll read it to you guys because it's fun. I mean, I'm just a little music guy. He's a multimillionaire rap, rap star, actor, child actor, Canadian Torontonian. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see what Drake has to say. So... Well, dear Mr. Fantano, I like your music reviews. Ah, oh, thanks. I, I guess you're a fan. And here's a fun vegan recipe for cookies. And he, like, reads for, like, eight minutes the, a, rest, a vegan recipe for cookies. <laughs> okay, period. That's, that's the end of it. So if you were to just see this video with no context, you would assume Fantano is just fucking with Drake. And, and like, that's the end of it. Right. The next day, Drake posts the actual message that he sent to Fantano. Like, like a like a whiny, shitty baby who didn't get the reaction he wanted from the person that he ran run up to and punched. <laughs> he, he decides to post his own DMs. So that's I, not what I said. That's just not what I said. Why didn't you get angry? So here, here is Drake's sick burn because Drake put it on his own thing, uh, and he goes by the name Champagne Poppy. 
Yeah. So DMs from Champagne Poppy. Your existence is a light one, and the one is because you're alive. And because you somehow wifed a black girl, I'm feeling a light to decent one on your existence. Bam. Mic drop. Drake. <laughs> it's like a so, really shitty like, performance review from your boss. I mean, so the thing about saying, like, your existence is a light one, like, your thing is a one or a light yeah. one, that's, like, Fantano reviewing. So, obviously, he's, like, familiar enough with Fantano yeah, yeah, to do yeah, his yeah. thing. Furthermore, he's familiar enough with him to, to comment that he had married a black woman, mm-hmm. which, why this is worthy of getting in here, you somehow wifed a black girl. I mean, okay, Drake, I don't know, you know, who knows what, what you're going on with there. And, um... In, in response to this coming out, Fantano's like, well, I mean, I thought I was going to have a little in-joke with Drake, you know? he Nobody else had to know that Drake actually texted me, and, and I didn't really tell anyone. I just made it, I, you know, people would have just assumed I was trolling. Yeah. But but not anymore. Now, now, everybody, <laughs> now everybody knows what a fucking loser he is. Anyway, he made a bunch of other videos making fun of Drake for it, and it's been uh, pretty hilarious. What was the the the, the lawn mowing? Like uh, uh, he's now just like reenacting it, but with like other people, like a lawnmower. No, he's just like like pretending that there's some kind of drama. He 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 made a video with another guy where he like starts the video off as like his introduction to the interview. He mm-hmm. like rides in on a, on a lawnmower, <laughs> and then some guy who's like makes his like a lawnmower YouTube channel mm-hmm. criticized. Fantano's like riding style saying he, he wasn't sitting right or whatever in the mower and he's like he makes this big post oh we're beefing now it's time for drama just cause like what do, what do you even say to any of this it's, it's just kind of sad and shitty oh yeah the, the other part like if you need reasons to dislike Drake other than his shitty music or his like trying to appear like an edgy gangster when he was a child actor mm-hmm. the um is, is him creeping on young young women one of Fantano's lines was like why are you slipping into my DMs Drake I'm I'm an 18. I'm not an 18 year old girl. Yeah. 18 is being generous. It it is. He was, he was slipping into DMS of much younger women, including, uh, stranger things, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown and and Billie Eilish. Yeah. Drake. No. Drake, 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 Drake. Well, the only things I really know about Drake is, uh, that he can't play basketball. (laughs) It's like, he's, uh, it's who the like? Did he play against Sandler and Sandler like wrecked him? Because Sandler plays basketball. Adam like that, Sandler. Yes. Okay. Like he goes, he goes to the local Y's wherever he's filming and just schools people. Yeah, Ooh. like like all the time. Like he's yeah. just an un, an unbelievable like street ball player. Like it's just Ooh. like everybody's like, it's not like it's not even a jokey thing. Like there's a couple guys apparently like Clooney's really good, whatever. But like in celebrity circles, they're like, yeah, like Sandman is just like Hops. plays hours a day probably like it's like it's just a stupid thing really good at basketball and i think it's like sad like drake was like what do you mean like blah blah blah, blah. and i think sandler just obliterated drake That's and his boys amazing like, sandler and his like guys who he plays with drake drake and his boys i saw a youtube video where some guy was driving in toronto traffic and then, like, a big thug-looking dude walks out, like, right in the middle of traffic in front of him. And is just like, fuck you. I'm standing here now. You can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And then the guy is security. And then Drake's train of, like, four giant Escalades rolls out in front of the guy. And then the guy's like, uh, and then he walks off and gets in the last Escalade and, and drives off. And it's just, like, Drake being a colossal piece of shit with his yeah. private security in the middle of traffic. Yeah. That's I don't know. Video. 
Are there any Drake songs that I really enjoy? I, w- I would like to know. I-, I tried to listen to two or three, and all of them were unlistenable to me. Uh, back to Back, his diss track with Meek Mill. Very yeah. funny. Okay. Very good. Funny. Recommend it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, started from the bottom now, here is like, good. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's girl talk good. (laughs) You know, like, it's like, super iconic. Same thing with Hotline Bling. I'm like, they're like, they're iconic little tracks, but are Uh, they good? Not really. Nice for what's a good track. That's the one that Big Fridia produced. Okay. Nice for what? And is it like, turn it nice for what? Is that like, turn down for what? Because the video for that was awesome. Yeah. So it's directed by the Daniels. And starring the Daniel. You know, the Asian dude is the Asian Daniel. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he directed himself into that video, humping his way through the ceiling. So Fucking good. so good. You can, and you can immediately, immediately see the how you get to everything everywhere all at once by yes. watching that music video. Like, you're like, <laughs> yep. It's, it's the director. I've really got to go check that out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's directed by the Daniels. That's awesome. John, you yeah. haven't watched everything everywhere yet? Nope. Oh, you really should. No, but I watched it. It's Pat. You did watch It's Pat. You were waiting for it, listener. <laughs> Minute 43 or something. <laughs> we, hold on, hold on. We, we previewed It's Pat in Garbage Time last week. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Nobody, if you want to know why why John watched It's Pat, tune in to go to 9to5.cc slash Patreon. No, wait, wrong one. Patreon.com slash 9to5cc. I mean, if you go to our website, you can also find the link there. But anyway, so we did a job where we ranked all of the uh, SNL movies, which we still need to kind of, like, hammer out a couple tiebreakers. Yeah. Uh, But we unanimously declared that It's Pat was the worst one. And then we realized... Sight Unseen? Sight Unseen? We had not seen the movie. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. Like, I mean, well... But we... I had seen some sketches, and I was like, well, this is the worst of the sketches... And it was like a unanimously pad movie that destroyed uh, a comedian's career. Yeah. Uh, and so we decided that since it was John's turn to watch the best movie ever, we thought that the best movie ever might be It's Pat. It might be. And was it? It was. <laughs> so, okay. So what? what is It's Pat? I, I had like sort of criticized it and the, and the sketches kind of as being like, what is the joke here? Is the joke that Pat's uh, like androgynous? Mm-hmm. Actually, no. That's not the joke. And in fact, the overall message of the film was kind of positive. It's like it like ends on a on a just be yourself kind of note and yeah. don't feel bad about it. And even like they could have gone into territory. Think of, it came out in 1994, right? So we're in Ace Ventura 1 territory where it's not a trans person but like a like a I don't know what it would be a, what the what the villain in that movie was but like a big part of the humor of the second act of ace ventura was like him freaking out about having kissed a man who was dressed as right a woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so like, like gay, gay jokes are plenty in the 90s and and like yeah and and, 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 and not, trans jokes probably even more seemed like you could just take all those shots if you wanted to absolutely and this movie did not take those shots pat was like the, and the problem now is that without that as a source of humor which would have been terrible and the source of humor in It's Pat is that It's Pat is terrible. Pat is, like, uh, arrogant, self-absorbed, stupid, and um, callow. It's, it's just, like, a miserable human being. Mm-hmm. And then you take this, like, character that's, like, miserable and you hate and you don't want it to talk anymore. And then you, how do we get some funny out of this? 
Mm-hmm. So like just in your head, like what are the what are the situations you could put this character into? You know, does mm-hmm. the character lose their job and go to find a new job? Okay. Does the character meet an equally androgynous person to be their love interest? Okay. Does the person's like uh, heteronormative couple next door um, get get like freaked out by him by by them and then? Uh, one of the one of like the male in the normal relationship next door has a sexual desire for Pat. It's like all of these circumstances that they put Pat into are just not funny. They're just like kind of what you would have thought they would do with this movie, and it's just and none of none of it lands. You have um, Dave Foley who plays Chris. The mm-hmm. oh yeah, so here's an it's Pat extended universe deep cut. Okay, in the sketches in SNL. Mm-hmm. Pat has an equally androgynous uh, love interest named Chris, mm-hmm. who is played by Dana Carvey. Oh. In the film, it's played by, um, oh my God, I'm all of a sudden blanking on his name, uh, News Radio, Dave Foley. Dave Foley. Dave Foley. It's played by Dave Foley. Dana Carvey is riding on Wayne's World money. He doesn't need to do it, it's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, Dave Foley, I think, what is this, 94? Had yeah. yet to get News Radio money. That's right. He That's needed right. it's Pat. <laughs> he needed and, it's Pat. That, that, that and, doesn't even seem that fair because Dave Foley is the best looking of all the, the kids in the hall uh, in drag. Dave Foley's done many funny things, and this was very much not one of them. I'm Chris just saying, was just like tedious and by the numbers. I'm just saying, if you were going to pick one of the kids in the hall to be androgynous, you wouldn't choose the one that makes the prettiest girl. Well. Maybe I mean, you do. Yeah, maybe you do. Uh, Pat, Pat Pat is like a, like is played by a woman, edging up her her male you know like characteristics with makeup and whatever. And then with Dave Foley, it's kind of the same thing. You know, played mm-hmm. by a male and edges up the female. It kind of mm-hmm. like okay, whatever. It kind of works in in the like this is all really shitty and nothing works. He's like, give me <laughs> give me a joke, like even if it, it doesn't land. But give me something that we are like this. I was supposed to laugh here and it d- didn't work. Okay, so. Um, kind of later on in the movie Kathy Griffith Griffith is a character she plays herself she's like a talk show host a radio talk show host who Mm -hmm. does like therapy type of stuff Um, Pat is looking like keeps getting fired from all the jobs they have because they are a terrible person and nobody ever wants to speak to them or be with them and then eventually Pat stumbles its way into um, into like the booth where Kathy Griffith just like walked off the set from being pissed off at Pat. Mm-hmm. And then Pat just like starts talking to people on the phone uh, who are callers into this relationship show. Okay. And then the person is like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble with my wife. And the person is like, and then Pat's like, well, you should just not listen to them and you should do whatever you want to. That's life. Ha ha. Well, who are these people? Who are these crazy people keep calling me? And then, like, picks it up. And then another person has another relationship question. And then Pat answers them equally dismissive and and condescending. Click. And then there's, like, three or four of those in a row. Jesus. And you're like, okay. I guess that's that now. Ween is in the movie. Yeah. Remember Ween? Yeah, I know. Ween. We talked about this in the in the garbage time. Like, like they, yeah. they And they made music for it. <laughs> yes, they did. And they stuck around for, like, more. They had scenes. You know, it wasn't just, like, they're on there playing a thing. They, like, yeah. Pat, Pat hangs out with Ween. And, in fact, the climax of the movie has is at a Ween concert where Pat ends up in the, the scaffolding above Ween, mm-hmm. falls out of the scaffolding, gets hooked on a rope with has a hook and whatever, and then Pat's pants are pulled off. And the you, the audience, and the neighbor who is sexually obsessed with determining what gender Pat is mm-hmm. sees only, um, what's her name's buttocks. 
hanging from the rafters, right. and then the audience gets to the audience in the in the in the Ween show gets to see Pat's genitals, and then nobody in the show does. That's another thing. It's like all of, all of these scenes. There are many characters who ask Pat what gender they are, what how like try and get around it, and every time Pat has some evasive, stupid, smarmy, you know, whatever random event happens to avoid disclosing what gender they are. Mm-hmm. So, like. After the fourth or fifth such event, you're like, okay, are they going to keep doing this the whole way through the fucking movie? Like, you know they can't give it away, because that's the fucking joke. Yeah. So, of course, they're not going to. Every one of these scenes is pointless. And and it just happens again and again. The other crazy thing is this movie had an $8 million budget, which we all laughed at when we were talking about it in, in Garbage Time. But, like, I've seen $1 million movies that looked way better than this. I mean, way better than this. What do you call it? So eight million dollars in 1994, adjusted for inflation, is guaranteed. Got to be close double to 16. Yeah, yeah, something around 16. that. And, yeah. and everything, everywhere, all at once was made for 20. 25. Yeah, 25 in 2022. Which is the same <laughs> amount as one episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. fucking believable. Here's okay. So like, what happened to that money? Uh, was it was it cocaine? Ween. It all was went it, to was Ween. It, I don't know that Ween did, and like all of the sets are terrible, all of the costumes are terrible. I don't get it. It's directed by Adam Bernstein, right? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't have a very great film directing uh, history, but has done a number of awesome music videos, and like has has gotten Emmys for his TV work over mm-hmm. twenty years of doing good stuff, including mm-hmm. shit like Fargo and fucking Thirty Rock and and whatever. And then there's and the, the the big rumor here. Well, not the rumor, according yeah. to an interview that he did uh, with with Playboy, I want to say, yes. is that, that Tarantino, Tarantino was a, was a yeah. ghostwriter trying to punch this script up. Did you see Pat's feet? Yes, you did. Oh! Yes, you did. <laughs> Proof positive. It, it was not, Tarantino I don't think it confirmed. was like a focus. I don't think it ever got like the, the like on the dash, the camera is like right there in the feet. I just don't think you got that, but, yeah. but you did see Pat's feet. Just for some reason in the script, and it's just sort of like, and Pat walks out barefoot, linger on their feet. <laughs> He's like, why yeah. is this in the script? Why is this whoever wrote this so interested? Oh man, I and I, you gotta wonder if the, like that Tarantino connection, if he was trying to write anti comedy or whatever, and was just like, it, it could have been. The, you see, the like, and Tarantino's like, and then and then you do it again. It's the same joke from before, but again. And again, like, and again, and again, and again. At this point, the audience is losing their mind, man. But then there's no payoff. There's never a payoff. And he's just like, <laughs> exactly. where's another million dollars going? <laughs> and you're like, God damn it, Quentin. He's like showing Lord Michael's Andy Kaufman videos over and over again. It'll be like that. It'll be like that. People will be so mad when they leave the theater. What's weird, though, is like Julia Sweeney in one of her one of her writings about doing it said, like, we really didn't want to do It's Pat as a movie. We didn't think that there was enough enough guts to it. And then... We wrote it. We said we like tried to write it anyway, and we fell in love with the script. That that's like a quote from Sweeney. So, did Quentin really get it? I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't quite. So, because Quentin dated Sweeney, is that the there's like a connection there? Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe yeah. she was uh, sniffing it too with Quentin, and then they were sure they had gold, and in fact, they had its pet. And what was so? What was it? It's Pat in relationship to True Romance. How much before or after? Oh, that's a good question. Because that was that was his like the real big writing breakthrough was True Romance, yeah. right? Yeah. And that Man, was there are so, so many 
pure Quentin moments in that film. True Romance was actually first, 93. But only by like a year. So he was like working on them, both of them, probably. Like, that's wild. Like, he was like, he had like both of those scripts were probably like around his desk at the same time, either like one finishing, one ending, or whatever have you. But like, so like, like proof positive that he knew how to write was True Romance did come out first. Could you imagine being Miramax? Looking at Quentin Tarantino and reading the script for Reservoir Dogs and being around that table going, what else has he done? Oh, he did True Romance. Oh, that movie was great. That script was crazy. Anything else? He's got an uncredited writing nod on his pad. <laughs> oh. Well, which one is which one is the real him? <laughs> exactly. Uh <laughs> Reservoir Dogs was more It's Pat than True Orleans. <laughs> like, one of them really was his voice. <laughs> I, I will say a nice positive on this one is that it's like a brisk 80-something minutes. Yeah, that's what we were it saying. It doesn't... Uh, 78 minutes. It doesn't... It does, like, I, I will admit that there was a point when, when I was in the first couple of scenes, they had done two or three of those, like, what gender is he kind of gags. Mm-hmm. What gender is they? And um, and then I was like, oh well, it's only seventy eight minutes. Surely a half hour has gone by. This has to be. We have to be at the mid, at the midpoint act. And I looked down at the at the at the bar on the screen, and it was ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> I was I was like a hundred percent sure I was halfway through. Yeah, there, there there were moments of that in like the emoji movie too, where I was like, this yeah. has got to be halfway done. I'm like, oh no, what? Oh no! <laughs> I've been oh, watching no. the movie for eight minutes. <laughs> you get up, you get up, and get a glass of water. Look in the mirror. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> Blair Witch Two. Which one? When Trey and I tried to watch Blair Witch Two, and it took us like all afternoon because <laughs> we kept like pausing it and like making food and be like, "I'm going to take a cigarette break." And just like, <laughs> we're like, we've been watching Blair Witch Two since like noon. <laughs> it's like almost dinner time. <laughs> that would be so bad. <clears throat> oh man! All right, we uh, gotta rank it. Yes, we, we do. do. We have to rank it. It's on. It. So yeah, I was gonna say. Weirdly, it seems like it has navigated somehow away from offensive. Correct. It's it's somehow. actually completely missed that, and and it did end on the nice note of just like so what was the what was the what was the note? I guess like it was the final note. It was yeah, like, 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 but you're saying hang on, saying I have yeah. questions. So you're saying like Pat's like atrocious this whole entire time. Like does yeah. Pat learn a life lesson about themselves, or did they, they stay atrocious? It's kind of they stay atrocious. But they decide to be themselves. It's it's really not not well constructed or written. Mm-hmm. It does it doesn't make a lot of sense. But but at the end, Pat is like, I'm just going to be who I am, and is still a shitty person. And for some reason, Dave Foley gets back together with them. There was like a they they have a breakup, you know. And, and all right, so you know. outside so here's the thing. Of, outside I, of straight offensive, that yeah. I guess puts it above tiptoes. Yeah, no, no, and like. It's way better than Sex and the City and Veronica and whatever. I wasn't like actually aggressively offended and hating every second of it. It was just How about awesome. Gem and the Holograms. That's pretty good. I don't know if I would put this above the room. In the room, I think that's like and maybe even Catwoman is the point where like you can find something like yeah, it's, it's, it's become such a train wreck that you're like there, there's fun to be had. That's right. Whereas this one, there was no fun to be had. It just didn't didn't actively make me hate it. So I, I know what you got it. It's above tiptoes and below Dragonlance. No wait, Dragonlance was worse. This is below Gem and the Holograms. 
Dragon Lance is so bad. <laughs> no, oh man, Gem and the Holograms was awful. It's gonna go above Gem and the Holograms. Oh, oh Catwoman. Just under Catwoman. Yeah. You did it, it's Pat. 218. Above Gem and the Holograms. It's in the books. Now it's Scott's turn. I don't think we have anything in the books no, waiting for Scott just yet. Boo. There was some stuff that I was, that's in my mind, but I don't know. <clears throat> we gotta. I, I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna do it, Pat. We could just. What was what was the second to last movie on <laughs> on the SNL list? <laughs> Did you write it down? I don't. I don't have it anywhere. We didn't post it. Oh shit! I must have it somewhere. I think I sent it. Oh yeah, I definitely did write it down. I will get it for you right now. I'm not gonna say that. I want to know if this is like something real bad or not that we can give to Scott. <laughs> Uh, this was 90s 269. Thanks for listening. Oh, no, this is, this is 90s 270. Uh, 90s 269 is where we did the list. Oh, my document's not We didn't open. put any of that stuff on the list, though. No, 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 I know we didn't put any stuff on the list, but I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Oh, no, I apparently didn't write it down. Oh, well. <laughs> I think I had it written somewhere else. No, it's not. It's in another note somewhere. It is, it is available in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Go go to go to to garbage time. Uh, we have closing comments. Anything anything big happen? I think we we touched all the important things. Oh, there's a crypto crash going on. Thing the, the, all of crypto is imploding right now, very badly. I hope nobody. Oh, and, to say, and to say very badly, somehow worse than the previous crypto crash. Yeah, yeah. Ethereum's down to twelve hundred, and and Bitcoin was at eighteen, seventeen hundred today. Yeah. There's like a there's there's it's um, things are imploding there really bad. We could talk about that for a long time, maybe another time. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Like, it's what what they were. Yeah, in in my in my baby version of what I know about finances is they were saying that like when there's a bearish economy you, everybody pulls out of risk and then and crypto by nature is already risky as hell and there's like mm-hmm. other other factors are potentially driving it down which are like every legitimate fund and whatever is going to yank all of its money out of crypto and it's all and it's like it's a house of cards anyway <laughs> like yeah. you know so it's like it's like it's not like oh it'll dip and recover because it's a real company or it's a real thing you're like it's so much smoke and mirrors to begin with, and now if a giant, like, tons of people pull out, the, the smoke and mirrors will all, uh, all collapse on itself. Yep. That was what I understood from what was going on. Uh, this is 9ES. Everybody stick around for garbage time, where, uh, maybe we'll talk about that. Or maybe they'll just be Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get 
your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. <laughs> 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.